Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one naughty medieval tale after another. I am Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller, and before I take you to the weekly round of medieval obscenity, I'm going to warn you. These stories, the Fabliaux, were written several hundred years ago, back when the world was misogynistic, gender binary, violent, ableist and disturbing in many ways. I should say back when the world was more of all of these things, but yeah. Thankfully, things have changed. Do consume this in context and especially pay attention today if you're not feeling like it. Today's episode should have a special warning about mocking people with disabilities. So if you're sensitive to that kind of humor, and you might very well be, if you're sensitive to this topic, please be warned. And if you're not feeling like it, just come back another time. Today's story is called The Three Hunchbacks. Once upon a time, there was a town, and in this town there lived a man, a good and worthy citizen. And although he wasn't poor, his greatest wealth was not his money. His greatest wealth was his daughter, who was so pretty and so nice that I won't start describing her, because if I do, you're not going to believe that I'm telling the truth and you will just dismiss everything I say. So, just take it simply as fact that she was pretty and nice and had all the graces in the world. Evidently, everyone wanted her as wife. In the same town, not very far away, there lived another man, a hunchback, whose ugliness was his most outstanding feature. I think if nature put all its mastery to creating the girl we were talking about, then whatever it didn't want to make, nature put in that man. Now him, I will describe. He had a large head, he had shaggy hair, a short neck, and really huge, huge, enormous shoulders, as if he were made by some sort of balder of stone. He was also not much better as a person. This man's soul was warped. And because he also had a knack for money-making, he was very, very rich. He was ugly, he was nasty, and he was loaded. And unfortunately for her, when he went to ask the pretty girl's hand in marriage, the latter is the only attribute her father took into consideration. And so he gave her to him, thinking that at least he's going to give her a prosperous and troubleless life. But from the moment they got married, the hunchback knew that she was just simply too pretty for him. And there is no way that she will stay faithful, especially when married with a man like him, when she could have anyone she liked. So he decided to do the only thing he could think of that would protect him from being cuckolded, and that is, lock her up. He kept his door shut tight, he let nobody in the house, and the only people he would meet at the doorstep were people who owed him money and were coming to pay him back. And thus time passed, with her locked inside a house and him only going to the door and back when someone knocked, until a Christmas came. And on Christmas Day, three strolling players were seen walking down his street. He saw them from afar and they got his attention because, quite weirdly, just like him, all three of them were hunchbacks. 
And they saw him too and recognized one of their own. And this is what they shouted. Hey, hey, you and us, we all must be family. Look at us. Look how similar we are. It is a sign. It is a sign indeed from God. And we need to spend Christmas together. He probably felt some sort of softness in his heart because of that. He sent his wife to the top floor and stayed with them to the bottom floor. He fed them his best meats and offered them his best wine. And then, after they have wined and dined, he gave each one of them three gold pennies and told them that it was great and he was happy to have met them and here is the money to make them never show up in his house again. Feeling festive, sated and maybe feeling also slightly tipsy, the three hunchbacks had no reason to argue. So they took their leave of this man's house and proceeded to the next destination that they had in mind. The husband, feeling satisfied, left his house, locked the door behind him, as usual, and went to take up his position. He was working, you see, as a toll master, collecting tolls from a bridge that spanned over the river that ran next to his house. So on Christmas Day, after having eaten and wined with his minstrels, he went off to the bridge to his toll post. Now, his wife, who spent Christmas Day upstairs, not taking part in any of the celebrations but having heard the minstrels, could not let this one lie. And the poor woman needed some music, it was a very special day. So she sent after them, as soon as her husband was out of the door, and she had them come back, and she offered them money to play for her and entertain her. And so they did, having forgotten entirely what they promised to her husband less than ten minutes ago. They came inside, took their positions and started playing and laughing and singing and delighting the lady's soul with their music. Naturally, the husband returned faster than expected and when she heard his knock on the door, she panicked. What was she to do? The only thing to do was to hide the three hunchbacks in the drawers under the bed. In they jumped, drawers were slammed shut and she ran to the door to open to her husband, who suspiciously sat with her, because he thought he heard music when he was coming in the house, and there is no way that she had troubadours and minstrels in here, is there? When he was certain that she's not cheating and she's not doing anything out of the ordinary, he spent some time with her and left, and went to the tavern. She didn't wait to get rid of the three minstrels as soon as he was out of the door, but to her horror, as she pulled out the drawers, all three of them were dead! How can this be? How did they die? No time to figure that one out. We need a way to dispose of three bodies now. And there is no way that she can carry each or any of them on her own. So she ran to the door, opened the door and waited until a passerby came by. Greetings to you and Merry Christmas, she said. How would it feel if I've offered you 30 pounds in cash if you did what I asked without asking way too many questions? It feels to me, he said, that if you are in the position that you need my help and are willing to pay me this money in cash, I will probably be okay with it. Good, she said, follow me. And she dragged him in, took him upstairs and opened the first drawer. I need you to dispose of this body of the hunchback, she said. Well, I'm going to need a bag, he said. She provided a bag and together they stuffed the bag with the poor hunchback's body and the man casually dropped it over his shoulders and told her that he's going to throw it off the river and come back to collect his fee. 
And that's exactly what he did. Went out the door, to the bridge, threw the bag in, and hippity-hop walked back to the house. She opened the door, got him in, and showed him the corpse of a hunchback on the floor. Are you joking? she said. Are you playing me for a fool? You didn't... Did, did you take an empty bag to the river? Why is the body here? I swear it's not, he said. I carried it up the bridge and threw it off the bridge. It can't be him. How, how is it possible that he came back? Well, I don't know. All I know, she said, is that you're, you're, you're playing me for a fool and you want to get paid without getting the job done. This is not going to happen. Well, I'm going to need another bag, he said. She found another bag and together they stuffed it again. And again he swung it over his shoulder and again he walked out the door heading to the bridge. As he was going, she ran upstairs, opened the third drawer and dragged the third hunchback downstairs. The man dropped his heavy load off the bridge into the water and happily came back, satisfied that at least this time he's going to get paid. You can imagine his surprise when he opened the door and found another one waiting for him on the floor. Christ, how is it possible, he said. How can he come out of the water every time? This, I swear, is going to be the last of him. And stuffing him into another bag, he dragged him to the bridge. And before throwing him in, he bashed his head against the bridge, just to be sure. You're not coming back now, he said. And I swear to God, if I see you again, I don't know what I'm going to do to you. He threw him in the water and strode back to the house to collect his payment. Now, well before he reached the house, he saw another hunchback walking towards the house. This time it was the husband, but the man, seething with rage, crossed himself three times. What devilry is this? How many times do I have to carry this man to the river and throw him in? I'll show you now. You're not going to go anywhere now, he said, and reaching for a club, he ran to the man, shouting, You will stay dead this time! He brought down the club with such a thud that the man's skull broke in two. And then he took another bag and stuffed him in and three times tied the knot with a cord on top of it. He took him on the top of the bridge and with a final push, he threw him in the water. Bad luck to you, he shouted. Sink, die and stay dead. He went back to see the lady, a little bit afraid that another one may have come back. But no, this time everything was done to perfection. So the woman offered no objections, gave the man his 30 pounds in gold as his reward, and sent him on his way. Best bargain I've ever made, she said, and went back in the house to spend the rest of her days without the nasty hunchback husband, but with all his money. Now what did we learn from this story? The hunchback was evil and nasty and bad and wanted to buy himself a bride. Of course, the only problem with that is money. Money is a nasty thing. It's a really bad thing and whoever invented it should be burning in hell because since money started existing, everything on earth became for sale. Curses to money. Amen. This was the story of the three hunchbags. If you too think that money is something cursed and if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. I've put several links in the show notes. It's the translation that I'm using, the music of the episode, 
and also the social media for the court jester if you want to come find me and talk about whatever it is that we're talking about. Last thing before I go, the court jester is the work of a medievalist who doesn't really get much of a sense of achievement out of medieval studies. You can support the podcast on Patreon if you like what you hear and that will do wonders for my self-esteem and also will allow me to bring you more stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Until next time.